All right, hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, my name is E. Koyavi, and this is the MMA Reaction. Uh, today's topics, we're going to talk about the UFC Fight Night Beijing, Blaze vs. Engano number two. Of course, we're going to cover the saga that is Chuck and Tito 3 and Golden Boy Promotions. I'm going to talk about the new fight announced between Ada Sonia and Anderson Silva. I'm going to talk about the importance of former fighters becoming refs and potentially judges. And then, of course, I'm going to close the show out with a commentary on Rachel Ostovich and the DV situation she found herself into. Hope you guys enjoy. Alrighty. Hello and welcome. This is the MMA Reaction. I'm your host, E. Koyavi. This is a special YouTube video uh, fight breakdown. Uh, I'm going to talk about the Bellator events coming up. they got two back-to-back -back events, one on Friday, one on Saturday. They did this a few months ago, and frankly, it's a little bit annoying. Uh, but nonetheless, they got one on Friday, one on Saturday, so let's talk about the Friday card first. This is Bellator 215. Um, not a great card. Um, not a lot of recognizable names. I mean, they're all good fighters, but in terms of like name recognition, in terms of knowing who's fighting and getting, getting excited for some of these fights, uh, it's just not really there, but the main event is Matt Mitrione versus Sergey Karkar-Etonov, and if you guys don't know who Sergey is, look him up. Dude's been fighting for a very long time, uh, much longer than you might suspect. Uh, in his last fight, he beat the fucking brakes off of uh, Roy Nelson, like beat the shit out of him, and actually looked like almost robotic. The way, like, because it wasn't like he was real fluid or real smooth. He just straight power to uh, Roy's face and head and ended up uh, TKOing him. So he's facing Matt Mitrione, who's coming off the loss to Ryan Bader, which was probably one of the more boring fights in the heavyweight Grand, P Grand Prix. Uh, I think Bader was real smart about how he beat Mitrione, but at the same time, I mean, it was kind of a boring fucking fight. So, and Matt Mitrione didn't really uh, get to use his skill set at all, which is kind of the brilliance of Vader because uh, he wasn't going to try and uh, stand and strike with Mitrione, who's quite gifted uh, in terms of heavyweight mobility, fluidity, his ability to stick and jab. Um, for a heavyweight, it's pretty impressive. Uh, so I kind of see the same thing going here. I think Sergey, he's going to want to stand and strike with Mitrione. Uh, he might do some wrestling. He is a pretty accomplished uh, wrestler, so he might do a lot of clinch work, might do some dirty boxing, things of that nature. But I think we're going to be seeing a Mitrione uh, decision win, if if not a late, maybe third or fourth round. Is this a five-round fight? I'm not sure. If it's third, it might, it might see a late a late TKO stoppage. Uh, Mitrione's very good with his hands, and uh, I think his boxing is going to be enough to uh, give Sergey some problems. Um, in terms of the rest of the card, um, uh, Edward, Eduardo Dantas is fighting. He's a good guy. Uh, I like watching him fight. He's fighting a guy named Toby Misich. I don't know who that is. Uh, all these fights go down at the uh, Mohegan Sun Indian Reservation in Connecticut, uh, which I'm going to talk about a little bit in a minute. Um, let me see. Yeah, that's about it. So really, for tomorrow's card on Friday, today's it's Thursday night right now, um, you're looking at <laughs> a interesting fight between Matt Mitrione and Sergey, and that's about it. 
Saturday gets a little more interesting. Uh, first, Bellator 216 is also at the Mohegan Sun. So they're doing two Bellator events back-to-back -back for whatever reason. Um, but the main event is MVP Michael Venom Page versus uh, Paul Daly. Very interesting fight. Um, Paul Daly's been around for seemingly forever now, but has never never quite edged over that hill. Um, everyone knows that Paul Daly's left hand is really his primary weapon, although he he does have good power in both hands. Um, he, but we all know he relies on that left, that this devastating, ridiculously powerful left hand. Um, the problem is he's fighting Venom Page. And if you know anything about Venom Page, uh, whether you like his fighting style or whether you don't, that's irrelevant. The fact of the matter is, is MVP can fucking fight in, especially if if Daly's going to entertain a standing fight, which he will. You're looking at a uh, a potential a potential uh, fight of the night, probably a more of a showcase on Michael Venom Page's. I think I don't really think that Paul Daly has much to offer MVP in terms. In terms of really landing that, because he's not gonna—he's not really a like a combination punch kind of guy, and he's not—he's—he's he's a little more traditional where he's gonna plant and throw, and he's a little more plotting. Where Michael Venom Page is all over the place, uh, he's gonna be dancing, he's gonna be doing weird shit, he's gonna be showboating, he's gonna be distracting his opponent quite regularly before he throws his devastating, devastating strikes. So. Probably an all-entertainment fight. I'm looking forward to it, but I really don't see Daly giving Michael Venom Page much, honestly. And that's not to, not, not to discredit uh, Paul Daly, but I just think Venom's on a different level. And really, I want to start seeing Venom fight guys who aren't going to engage in his style of fighting. You know what I mean? I want to see him against a, a fucking wrestler or a jiu-jitsu guy or somebody who can actually get him to the ground because it seems like there's been a lot of favorable matchmaking where they're just giving him guys who are going to stand there and be target practice for him. And if we've seen anything or we know anything, Michael Venom Page will capitalize if you're going to stand in front of him. Uh, he might be one of the very best at taking advantage of distance and timing uh, and then, you know, the whole showboating thing and distracting you. I mean, it, it works. His style definitely works. It's not a particular uh, favorite of mine. It's not something that I enjoy that much. Um, I just don't. I like a... I don't really enjoy um, the theatrics of in the, in the fighting. You know, I just never have. I, I, want a, I want, like, a respectful fight. And it maybe it's not... It should, maybe shouldn't be determined as respectful or disrespectful. I just don't... I just don't like it. As much. I mean, I enjoy watching the knockouts. I enjoy watching uh, his ability and his skill, and I respect him as a fighter. But in terms of just watching the way he fights and his arrogance, it just kind of rubs me the wrong way. Um, also, Czech Congo is going to be fighting Vitaly Minikov. Good fight. Two guys been around for a long time. Um, Czech's looked all right. I mean, Czech, Czech's a 42, 43-year-old heavyweight. It seems like heavyweight's the one division where you last forever. I mean, it's... It's really not uncommon for uh, heavyweights in the 40s to be pretty successful. So I suspect that Czech Congo is going to take him down and ground and pound him. Um, Mirko Krokrop's coming back. He's going to be fighting Roy Nelson. Um, I saw a Instagram post of Mirko, and he's looking, like, really jacked. Like, more so than 
we've ever seen before. <laughs> like he's looking, he's looking really physically fit. Uh, he's he's coming off of that knee surgery. He was supposed to fight a f like maybe six months ago, and he blew his knee out. Had some surgery. Um, now he's fighting Roy Nelson. Very difficult fight for Mirko, especially with with Roy's power in his right hand. Um, as Mirko's another guy, I think Roy too. They're both pretty close to forty, if not above forty, right now. Um, so it'll be kind of interesting to see what happens. I mean, we haven't seen the Mirko of old for many many years in terms of I mean, he's not throwing the kicks like he was and he's I mean some would say he's more of a real rounded guy now but but I mean we haven't seen that assassin you know kickboxer in MMA in a long time so it'll be interesting to see how uh Mirko does and how he's how he's healed up from that knee surgery um I'm I'm kind of leaning Roy Nelson to be honest with you probably probably by KO um but Mirko's super good and he's a he's a uh, wily veteran, so who knows? It should be a pretty good fight, though. So definitely Saturday night's card is way better for Bellator. Um, Eric Silva is fighting for Bellator. I don't know if this is his debut or not. Uh, he's fighting a guy named Yaroslav Amlozov. And now, if you know anything about Eric Silva, he was a really ascending prospect in the UFC in the welterweight division a few years back, just before USADA. And then Usada came into the UFC, and all of a sudden Eric's body like really smoothed out, and he looked he looked like a completely different fighter. And ended up getting beat up a bit. So it'll be interesting to see what he does. Um, let me see. That's about it for Beltor two sixteen. But that's actually not a bad main card. That's some interesting fights. Um, I don't know what times. If any, they're going to be a little bit different because they are going to go head-to-head -head with UFC because UFC, this is going to be UFC on ESPN1, Engano versus Velasquez. So Cain Velasquez is back after a very long layoff. His last fight was with Travis Brown, UFC 200. I think this was like over two years ago. It's almost three years ago. I mean, he beat the fuck out of Travis Brown. Like, beat him senseless and looked amazing. And then he got hurt again. He's been out. And I know he's had shoulder and back and knee and all kinds of issues and problems but this is a really interesting fight with Francis Ngannou because it's, it's well, there's a lot of questions regarding where where Kane is where his health's at how everything is working um is he going to be the Kane of old it's difficult to know Francis looked great against Curtis Blades uh in his last outing and be Knocked him out in the first round. I mean, everyone knows what Francis's game plan is. To punch you in the face as hard as he can. And put your lights out. And he's very successful at that. My inclination, though, is that Kane is way too good of a wrestler. Way too good of a tactician. Way too strong. And probably in the stamina department, if he's, if he's going to be anything like Kane of old, stamina-wise, he's going to beat the brakes off of Francis. And I think what's probably going to happen is he's going to, he's going to overwhelm him with pace, get into, get into the wrestling, take him down and just beat the fuck out of him for TKO stoppage. That's my prediction. Can Francis beat Kane? 100% he can. 100%. There's no question. He can absolutely KO Kane. It's very possible, especially with a man who has that kind of power. It's not, out of the realm of possibility to say that he's gonna or could KO uh, Kane Velasquez. I just don't see it happening. I think Kane's gonna come back. I think Kane's gonna look great. Um, Kane's a real elite level athlete that 
you know, I don't think we appreciate how good he really is because we don't see him that often. And, you know, a lot of the newer fans of the UFC, they don't really remember Kane because you're talking Kane in Kane's heyday in the UFC. We're talking 2009, 2010, 2011. And um, everything post that, I mean, he's just been off and on. I mean, he's performed great on the actual day of the fight, but it wasn't the showing that we thought. Or you, that's not right. It's just not as, as uh, it's too infrequent because of the injury. So a lot of people don't really think about him in the heavyweight division. But assuming he's healthy, assuming he comes back, uh, I predict big things for Kane. Uh, Paul Felder is facing James Vick. Very, very good fight. <clears throat> uh, Vick is like six foot two or six foot three, and he fights at 170 pounds. I mean, he's, he's a enormous welterweight. Um, Felder's more of a regular sized dude, five foot nine, 170. I mean, they'll probably fight at 200, but interesting fight. And I don't really know how to predict this one, to be honest with you. Uh, Vick's last fight, he got KO'd by uh, Justin Gaethje, and I think. I can't remember Paul Felder's last fight, but um, let me check that real quick because I think, yep, it wasn't Mike Perry. Okay, so it wasn't Mike Perry. So it actually has been a little bit since he's fought, uh, July of 2018, so he hasn't fought for about a year and a half. Uh, he lost to Mike Perry. That was an epic fight, back and forth, um, really, really good split decision loss. So Paul Felder is very, very good fighter, and I think he's a little underrated, and I think what people forget is that Paul Felder, when he came into the UFC, was literally just fucking thrown to the wolves. Absolutely thrown to the wolves. He was given the stiffest competition immediately. Before anybody knew who Paul Felder was, they were giving him the absolute fucking creme de la creme of welterweights. Um, to go to the, the list, he opened up his UFC debut. Well, let's see. He, he had uh, His UFC debut was against a guy named Jason Sago. So then he went to Danny Castillo. Edson Barbosa, Ross Pearson, Darren Crookshank, Josh Berkman, Francisco Trinaldo, Alessandro Ricci, Stevie Ray, Charles Olivier, and then finally with Mike Perry. Um, very good fights, very stiff competition. Um, and he's about 50-50 in the UFC, a little bit. Actually, he's a little better than that. So, uh, what's he going to do against James Vick? Well, the key here, I think, is... Um, can he close the distance? James Vick's very long. And James Vick is sneaky with his with his distance game. He is very capable of managing the distance. He's very, like, he has every ability to to manage distance and, and, and pick his shots from the outside. And if that's the case, I mean, it could be a long night for Paul, but I don't know. It's a hard fight to call. I, I don't know if I can predict an actual winner here. Um, but I suspect it would be a very good fight, potentially fight of the night, uh, depending on how it goes. Uh, Courtney Casey faces Cynthia Cal Calavillo. Calavillo is very highly touted. I think she lost her last fight, but it should be a good scrap. Uh, Alex Caceres faces Cron Gracie. Cron Gracie making his UFC debut. Obviously, in the jiu-jitsu community, he's very Cron Gracie is very no very well known. He's got the Gracie name. He's he's been uh, competing in Brazilian jiu-jitsu con uh, contests for many many years and being very successful. So that's a very good fight. Um, it'll be interesting to see how his jiu-jitsu game trans lates into mixed martial arts and Caceres is better than I think people give him credit for he's a really good mixed martial artist and I like watching him fight just his styles is is very entertaining to me um let's see Andre Feely is fighting Miles Jury should be an interesting fight similar guys similar status similar rank uh should be a good scrap I kind of favor Miles well I don't know I think that's a it's a pick'em fight for me I'm I'm 
I could see either one winning pretty easily. Uh, Jimmy Rivera faces Algernon Sterling. Very good fight. Very underrated fight. This would be the the uh, prelim main event, so to speak, on uh, ESPN. So I mean, and you notice that UFC's been doing that a lot lately, where they're they're trying to get like an actual pretty good marquee fight for the final fight on live TV or free TV before the. Well, I guess ESPN one's all going to be free, but you know what I mean. The prelim, they're, they're trying to set up the prelim main event, so to speak. Um, very good fight. I favor Jimmy Rivera all day long. I mean, I like Algerman, and I, I think he's a very, very good fighter. Don't get me wrong, but I think Jimmy is, he's a le legit motherfucking mixed martial artist, and uh, I think I think he'll probably take this one. Uh, Ashley Evans-Smith is taking on Andrea Lee. I gotta go with uh, Ashley Evans-Smith. She's tough as fuck and pretty well-rounded, and I suspect that uh, she'll have all the answers for Andrea Lee uh, in that contest. And Henan Barrow all the way down on the early prelims. He's facing Luke Sanders. That's the game, man. Uh, to, to watch the descent of Henan over the last, you know, four or five years has been kind of sad because he just, he can't, he's never been able to reclaim that level of competition when he was the, uh, the bandweight champion. So I look forward to that fight too. Okay. Uh. Other than that, that's it for the fights this weekend, at least the ones I'm interested in. I know I, I, like there's so many fights and so many fighters now, it's so hard to keep track. But those are the ones that I keep my out my eye out for, something that I'm interested in. Uh, we'll do a quick couple of current events. Um, Chris Weidman is... <laughs> actually, it's pretty funny. Uh, Chris Weidman continues to criticize overrated Israel Adesanya. So the question being is, Chris Weidman thinks that Adesanya is overrated. I don't know. I don't. I don't believe that Chris believes that, but I do believe that Chris thinks that he can beat him. And I also think that that is a very hard fight for Adesanya. Adesanya striking might be the uh, one of the best we see in mixed martial arts today in terms of creativity, in terms of ability to to make the opponent do what Adesanya wants you to do. When you're talking about a, a straight kickboxing event. Adesanya is not somebody to be fucked with, and I don't think he's overrated. But we have not seen Adesanya wrestle, clinch, grapple, roll, scramble, nothing. Um, in my opinion, he's been given very favorable matchups. And in his last fight against Anderson Silva, which just happened, I think I think it looked better than the fight really was. I think, I think one, Adesanya was giving Anderson a lot of respect. It wasn't pulling the trigger on any kind of power or any kind of kill shot. And they also have similar styles, so what it really looked like to me was like a like a fucking sparring match. It didn't really look like a fight to me at all, and that's okay. Um, and we see that it's kind of common when when uh, fighter like uprising really highly touted prospects fight their idols. They tend to they tend to take it off. They tend to to either give give their idol too much respect, or they don't pull the trigger, or they don't they're not really looking to hurt their the guy that they idolized growing up as a fighter. So. I think we saw a little bit of that. Um, Chris Weidman's had a rough run as of late. And I think this Adesanya fight is actually really good. I think it favors Weidman. If you ask me, I just think if Weidman can close the distance, get this guy to the ground, I don't think he has anything to offer uh, Weidman off his back. I think Weidman's a dominant wrestler and a dominant, probably dominant jiu-jitsu as well. Um, if, if Adesanya fights... Weidman and does well and wins, then I think we have unquestionably the the absolute 
number one contender for the title at middleweight. 100%. We have not seen Adesanya fight a guy like Chris Weidman, a guy who can wrestle, a guy who can clinch, a guy who can uh, probably hold his own standing. Obviously, he's not going to be as good, and he's probably going to get hit a lot. But if he can close that distance, get his hands on that guy, I think it's going to be a really long night. So I kind of like that. Um, but for the article's sake, for what, for what I'm reading, Chris Weidman tweeted... He said uh, he wouldn't have as much chance against me. He has fought. Has he fought a top five guy yet? A jiu-jitsu guy or top wrestler? Kind of exactly what I'm talking about. Um, he says got a lot of Twitter fingers coming at me and saying Israel is a little overrated. Just my opinion. He hasn't fought a one. He hasn't fought one top five guy. No top wrestler or jiu-jitsu guy was a negative 700 favorite over Silva, according to the odds. After seeing, uh, after seeing the fight, showed he is overrated in a close fight. So I think it's kind of smart on Weidman's part because he's, he's angling for a fight and guess what? That would be a big fucking fight. And I think it's the right fight to make. Honestly, that's the, that is the fight to make. I think it's time to stop fucking around with Adesanya and actually put him against somebody who's going to put him in some danger. Cause he's not, he's been, you know, the UFC is really taking care of him in terms of matchmaking, matchmaking. So I like that. I think, I think that's interesting. Um, let's see, I think, I think I'm going to end it there. Uh, this is a kind of a short, I don't know, I'm not exactly sure I'm going to get this on the podcast form, but I'm going to get it there. Thank you guys for listening. I'm going to post this on YouTube, uh, at the MMA Reaction YouTube channel. I'm going to put on my Instagram, which is at the underscore MMA underscore reaction. And then of course I have a Gmail account, which is the MMA reaction at gmail.com. So guys, questions, comments, concerns, statements, anything that's on your mind, let me know. And I'd love to hear from you guys. Have a good day. Than each and all of you Can't you see and gotta prove you're wrong